the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast, immediate post-match reaction to Crystal Palace's 3-2 home win against Aston Villa. I am Luke and it's, it's, it's me and you, Kevin. We're, we're here to uh, talk about a 3-2 Palace win. How are you feeling after that? First things first, it's not the evening. It's just for our audience. It's five past two. <laughs> all right. I'm feeling great, mate. I mean, come on. 3-2 Palace win behind twice. Happy days. And the good news, Luke, as you know, because I run a little football team and my Eagles team won 8-0 this morning, 8-0, I missed the first 10 minutes. So I have to say the best 80 minutes of football I've seen from Crystal <laughs> Palace this season. Brilliant. A certainly enjoyable game, mate. Um, yeah, I, I, I say you didn't really miss much in the first 10, but um, <laughs> we're, 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 we'll go back even further than that anyway. I'll start the pod on, on the lineup because there were a few notable changes, weren't there, to, to the game. I mean, obviously, Jack Butland came in to get his first league debut, which is good to see. Uh, we did, you know, talk about this on the pod, didn't we, about, you know, potentially we might see Jack, you know, get a, a game or two towards the end of the season and uh, yeah. I thought he played really well. So it was good to see yeah. him come in. Gary Cahill returned to, to centre-back. Yeah. James McCarthy came in for Luca, and you also saw Schlupp and Townsend start. I guess given, look, I mean, we talked about it last time on the pod, given that the, the number of games at a short period of time, not really a, a massive prize to see. A bit of rotation there, but um, what were your thoughts on the lineup, Kev? Yeah, I think you're right, mate. Not a massive surprise to see rotation. I was, I was, as I say, missed the first 10 minutes. So I was encouraged to see the number of changes. And I think, let's be honest, everyone to a man at the changes that came in did a very, very good job. I mean, we'll come on to it as the game progresses, but I thought the work rate of Andros today uh, was great. The energy, I mean, the second half, the energy from everyone was unbelievable, which we'll come on to later. But Jack Buckland, as you said, couldn't do a lot about the two goals. I mean, I didn't realise the first goal which went in. Unfortunately, it, it gets a slight touch of um, McArthur or McCarthy. I'm not quite sure which one is. I'll, I'll work out which names which eventually by the McCarthy. end of the season. <laughs> McCarthy. It just gets a slight touch, which just takes it away from Butland. So I think he would have got that. But um, I, I, yeah, um, good to see the changes that we made. Um, and yeah, um, really pleased for Butland because I thought he made a really good, important save. I think it, um, it might have been 2-1 or 2-2 when he uh, saved it uh, from the free uh, the free kick, which was whipped mm. in. And he really kept his eye on that because that could have easily gone in. And, and he then made a save a little bit later, which I thought was a very good save, although it was called off offside. He didn't know that at the time when he made the save. So really, really good to see him get his game today. Uh, really good. Yeah. What was your thoughts, Luke, on the team? Like you said, Kev, not surprised to see the changes. Really pleased to see Jack get his chance. I thought he had a a brilliant, really brilliant game. I think it was even sort of 15 minutes in when it was a, a shot fizzed from, from the edge of the box that he tipped over. Um, yeah. One for the cameras, the, the cynic might say. <laughs> but also, like you said, Kevin, he had a really solid game, you know, made a few decent blocks, a few decent save. What also was was nice to hear as well was, I'm not saying you don't get this with Zente Guaita, but he was, Jack was very vocal and it was, yeah, yeah he was always Great. talking, commanding his yeah. box, commanding his, his defensive line yeah. and really, really good to see. And look, Palace with a, a backup like Jack Butland, um, it shows our sport we are in that area, really. So uh, really pleased to, to see that, mate. I think the thing is as well, Luke, his first game in the Premiership in three years and his last game was against Palace, wasn't it? When they lost uh, last game of the season against us up at Stoke. You might be right, mate. Yeah, which right. is the last time we turned around a half-time deficit 
apparently. So there you go, Mr. Stato. John Collison will be pleased with that when he hears that one, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, so really, really pleased for him. Um, and and that, that gives massive momentum, I think, going into the next two games. Uh, yeah. and, and do you know what? <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule us out upsetting the apple cart with one of those two sides who need to get something against us in the next two because wouldn't it be lovely if we ended up with 50 points, eh? Just that for would Roy. be nice, mate. Wouldn't it, it would be, good? It would right. be nice. Sorry, but, I'm getting um, ahead of myself, Luke. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll shut up. That, that's all right. I, just, just on the, the lineup as well, because there was a few sort of raised eyebrows of the fact that we had two, we listed two goalkeepers on the bench as well, obviously Guaita and Hennessy. Um, and there was some dismay as well, for, as, as you could always imagine from uh, social media accounts online at Crystal Palace. Right. Uh, this sort of fact is the fact that there wasn't uh, a youth team player in there instead. But as I understand it, you know, they would have had to been tested on Friday morning to be in the bubble for it. And the, the under 23, 23s are playing tomorrow night. So I think you can kind of excuse that. And maybe it was also Roy making a point saying that these are the fit players that I've got. Two of them are goalkeepers, you know. Maybe it was there was something in that. Who knows? It'd be interesting yeah. to hear Roy's post-match good, interview anyway. Good point on that, Luke. And, and equally, just a quick plug, as you say, for the 23s tomorrow night at Sellers Park. What time are they kicking off? Uh, seven o'clock against Wolves in the playoff semi-final. So there's a chance for them to uh, get to the final to promote you to the next league up. So it would be big Premier game. League. Big, big game for the one. 23s. You go, yeah. And you'll be there tomorrow night being a, a stalwart of a, fan, of a fan. Yeah, you'll be there. Good yeah. lad. Well, I'm only about a mile away from the stadium, mate. So it'd be rude not to, really, wouldn't it, for a five? It would so, be rude um, not to be there. It'd be rude not to yeah, be there. looking forward to it. But let's, let's go back to tonight's game. Um, well, today's game, I <laughs> so. I keep doing it, I don't know. You know what it is? I think because subconsciously, I think I'm not going to edit this till this evening. So, uh, no, no, mate, this, mode, listen, but... this is one take today. One take. We're going straight for it. This is going to be online within an hour, I'm telling you. Anyway, <laughs> right, um, <laughs> so, so let's go back to the game. And it, it was 17 minutes in when Villa took the lead. I thought it was a really good finish. You said there might have been a little touch there, but I thought it was a really good finish that, that took it just out of the reach of, of Jack Butland. But to be fair, from, from what I'd seen in the first opening 17, 20 minutes, it probably was what Villa deserved. I thought they were the better in the, in the yeah. opening minutes, Kev. Yeah, I, I didn't see until minute 11, but I listened to the commentary and they said Palace had been very lacklustre to start. We looked as though we were. But I have to say, I think the minute they scored that goal and, you know, yes, it takes a slight deflection. I would have liked to see MacArthur get out to it a little bit quicker and close him down. But let's be honest, let's not take anything away. I think it was John McGinn who struck it. You know, he's, play, he's playing. He's a good footballer, very good footballer, took the goal well. But I think it was the best thing that happened because Palace then seemed to wake up and started playing some football. Um, and obviously we responded with we did. Wonderful. Let's be honest. Uh, great cross from Mitchell for the goal. And, and Christian does what he does. Bread and butter. Hung in the air and headed it back past Russell Kane, who was playing in goal for Aston Villa. Or the bloke who looks like Russell Kane, uh, who is a very good goalkeeper as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a good response from us. And then what did we do again? We sort of then took our foot off the gas again, which was frustrating. But Whoa, what was yeah. your take on the way we responded after they went in, in, in the lead loop? It was almost sort of... To, to, to coin a phrase, typical Palace, wasn't it? Because, you know, we produced a bit of quality. Like you say, Mitchell's very good ball in to Benteke, who, like you say, hung up in the air for what seemed like an eternity to, to look, this play to his strengths. And, and it was a great <laughs> header back across the goalkeeper who was yeah. left flat-footed. And then I think it was only three or four minutes later, we go down the other end. I think it was McCarthy who got brushed past and the ball came to Czech Kouta, who sort of headed it, pinball up into the air. And it lands very well for, I think it was El Ghazi, it might have been. Yeah, um, yeah. And, I mean, you, you could question perhaps the, the, the position of Joel Ward there, but good finish as well. And, and 
kind of sums up Palace's season that first half, doesn't it? I mean, because it was like we, we we showed a glimmer of hope and then it was snatched away from us. Yeah, I, I think you're right there, Luke. I mean, it, it was a bit of a pinball when it comes across. I mean, it's unlike Coyote to, to head it and it almost go vertically up, didn't it? Let's be mm. honest. I think then Gary Cahill sort of, I think it'd gone up so high, I don't know if Gary could even see it because it came down and he was almost a little bit out of position for himself. And I, and I think that's where Joel, you know, uh, got, got caught out because I think he was a little bit in two minds. Do I come in? El Ghazi pulls away well and, and buries it well. Not a lot Jack Buckland could do about that. It's one of those mm. where it goes under. So disappointing, but I have to say, and I, I know we'll come on to it. I mean, yeah, typical Palace, but... I have to say the reaction from the minute then when in going 2-1 ahead, I, I thought we were fantastic, mate. I mean, we'll come on to the second half. I mean, there's some of the possession stats in that second half. There was there was one point, there was a 10-minute spell in the first part of the second half. I don't know if you saw it, yeah. but the stats that it had been in the Palace end in the 10 minutes, 2% of the time, 51% or something and 47% from either in the halfway area or in the villa. And we were just entrenched. And I think um, I think the commentator said we stepped onto him second half. And I just I don't think they know how to cope with a second half. I mean, to a man, I thought everyone worked hard. Will was pulling off some tricks. You know, we've hit the you've got to remember, we've won the game, we've scored three goals and we've hit the crossbar twice. And we've had more shots. They said, I think they said right at the end, it's the second most shots in a Premier League game this season. Blimey. Second most but, number of shots. And it's Palace's highest number of shots. I think we've had something like 24 shots by the end of the game. Absolutely brilliant. Really, really pleased. What about you? I'll, I'll look at that, mate. So you go, Palace had 23 shots, eight on target. And uh, Villa had 19-5 on target. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. That's, it was a, I think it's the second an enjoyable most. game, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, really good game. Not a good game for the managers. If you're a manager, you're having heart attacks. But if you're a neutral, that was a great game of football. Well, or if you're a Palace fan, obviously. Especially or if you're a Palace half, fan. Because let's talk about... Come the on, the Palace! Because, <laughs> like you said, I mean, Palace certainly stepped up a gear. I don't know if it was a rocket at half-time of a Ray Lewinson and, and Roy, you know, gave him a bit of half-time, but we certainly looked much improved when we came out of the second half. And I think the most notable chance was about 10 minutes in was a short corner to Wilk, who flashed it across the face of goal. And you just sort of think if someone chances on that, stick yeah, a leg out, yeah. then, 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 then Palace are back in the game. And then it was only a couple minutes later that I saw it was Emmy Martinez in, in the Villa goal who pulled out a world-class save from Christian Benteke. Yeah. It was one in ones where it looked like it was almost behind him and he used <laughs> yeah. his wrist to get it back. Absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? It was an amazing save. But what what I loved about it, I love I love Benteke's reaction to his stoop to get the header in. I mean, I watched it, I think they showed it about four or five times and it, it's so close to see whether it's his fingers that push it onto the crossbar but he's right under it to protect it. What I love, I don't know if you see, but they show this little bit of footage almost immediately afterwards and you see him almost go, yes, with his Celebrate, own fist yeah. as, he, as, he, as, he, as he saved it because he knows he's pulled off a weldy. Uh, and it yeah. was a weldy, let's be honest. And um, But you know what? We just kept pushing, didn't we? We kept pushing and we kept going. And, and what I really liked about the way we played, Luke, was our energy in the second half. You know, the balls were going off for throw-ins and they were chasing after it. Get yeah. the throwing in quick, get the throwing in quick. You know, I, I thought Andros's work rate, as I've said already, I thought was exceptional. I think to a man, they did brilliant. I mean, we'll come on to talk about our second goal, which, you know, beautiful Luke um, run by Wilf. But what I just want to comment on before we get to that, the challenge by Gary Cahill to win the header 
He outjumps his man from a standing start and then gets his foot in, lays it off to a Bear Aeze, who get, does what he does best, lays it out to Wilf. They linked up beautifully today. They did. And Wilf obviously rips the guy apart. And I've just heard Graham Soonis being complimentary on, on, on Sky about Palace, which is nice because he said, you don't let Wilf come inside because he will just, you know, he didn't say he'll eat you for breakfast, but he will. And that's what he did. So... Really, yeah. really pleased, mate. Really, really pleased today. Absolutely buzzing with the way they've played this afternoon. Sooners likes uh, Wilf, doesn't he? I think he's mentioned a few times in the past how, how yeah. he thinks he's a, he's a top, top player. So it's not surprised to hear that for him. Yeah. Um, always yeah. nice to hear, obviously, as well. But um, yeah, you mentioned, Kevin, the energy and as a, you know, I think he must have had about three or four shots from the edge of the box or just inside where he tried to curl and, you know, he was getting his sights in. He's absolutely smashed the bar at one point, didn't he? Oh, uh, unbelievable. Had a shot blocked uh I've one deflected it went out for a corner and then quite interesting there, there was a, a tactical change from Roy around the 70 minute mark I think it was Tompkins came on from McCarthy that allowed Czech to push up into the midfield yeah. and yeah. I don't know if that had a, an impact because almost a couple of minutes later you know you saw like you say Wilf make something out of nothing it as a ball down the left side the town side to Wilf Wilf does what he does in, in cutting back in and creating something out of nothing, really. Yes, it was deflected, deflected goal, but nothing more that Palace deserved at that point, wasn't it, to make it 2-2? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think Wilf started to really torment them, didn't he? I mean, you know, that, as you say, you don't... If, if, you, if, if Wilf gets you one-on-one, you're in trouble. You know, and let's be honest... Uh, Will towards the end, you know, we, I know I'm, I'm jumping a little bit, but that guy should have been sent off at the end. He's got all older Wilf, but, you know, when he's coming through in the last minute before it goes up the end and they get the free kick. But Wilf, was, Wilf looked hungry uh, and we just we just were in the ascendancy. And I, was, I, was, I wouldn't want to say this out loud, but I'm saying it out loud. I was quietly confident we might get a third goal um, because of the way we were playing. I think they made a sensible move by bringing Jack Grealish on and you can't help. I just hope Grealish is, gets fit for the Euros because I think he's a wonderful player as well. You know, he had a few run-ins with uh, Joel Ward and I, I like that, you know, because yep. he... But I thought we nullified him quite quickly. I thought the ref did some really good decisions. There were a few times where... I think he felt players were looking for fouls and he weren't giving it. So he, he was doing well there. But going back to Wilf, I mean, he, he really seemed to get the bit between his teeth. I thought him and Eze linked up beautifully and Tyrock, Tyrock, Tyrock Mitchell. Yeah. That's his brother, Tyrock. This is not, this is Tyrock. <laughs> but I'm so pleased for Mitchell that he got his goal. We'll come on to it. But, yeah. but I think the quality of what Wilf did for that goal, again, that was Wilf at his best. Drops his shoulder, goes to the byline, pulls it back sensibly. As they did it in and Mitchell. And what I love about that, isn't it poetic justice, Luke? Last season, you know, up at Villa, we score a perfectly good goal off our shoulder, which doesn't count, all right, because of VAR. <laughs> what happens today? We get one off a shoulder and it does count. And you know what? What goes around comes around. Very happy for Mitchell. Over to you, mate. Yeah, well, you, you, you brought me onto that point perfectly, Kev, because Target Mitchell at 21 years. And 257 days old is Crystal Palace's youngest Premier League goalscorer since Clinton Morrison in 1998. So that's a, that's a great stat, isn't it? That, that Palace what a day for him. Oh, mate, an assist and a goal. And, and assist look, and a talk, goal. Let's talk bad, about the it? goal because there was some really good work from Andros. And like you said earlier, Kev, I thought Andros was excellent today. You know, high energy, um, complimented by our other Palace players. But he did some great work down the right-hand side to Eze, who... who I think probably miss kicks it into the ground for it to <laughs> flick up for Tyrick, who, who, who's just desperate to get anything on it. And it comes off the top of his shoulder and, and, 
and look, the goalkeeper's got no chance. But what was really nice as well was you see the beaming smile on his face. And as he walks yeah. back to the, uh, to, to, the, to the halfway line, I saw him uh, glance up and he was actually watching the goal back himself on the big screen. So Brilliant. I'd love to Brilliant. see that. Well, do you know what, Luke? I'm so pleased for him. Um, I mean, obviously there was that nanosecond afterwards where there was fear whether it might be VAR but just so pleased for him and and I think that's a real clever defender the desire to get in there to turn his shoulder so it was he almost made it clear that it was his shoulder a bit yeah. in fairness a bit like you know the goal we scored at Villa which wasn't when um, Sacco scored you know it was clearly off his shoulder so just so pleased for him so pleased for the young man I think it's what his 22nd game or 21st game 21 years old and he scored for Crystal Palace. And brilliant. No more than they deserve today, Luke. I mean, yeah. come on, we're, we're always balanced, but absolutely deserved. And I think Jamie Redknapp had said in the Sky, you know, Crystal Palace thoroughly deserve that. Their second half performance, they were, they were, we were a joy to watch. It was a very, very good game. I think if you're Villa, you're mostly kicking yourself as to why did we stop doing what we were doing in the first half? Now, that might be because we did what we did. But absolutely delighted for Roy today. Absolutely delighted because Certainly. what it gives us, Luke, I think it gives wonderful momentum going into the Arsenal game and the Liverpool game, you know, and uh, and they won't want to play us. I know, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. I'm really, really excited that we've uh, we've turned a deficit into a win. And we've only been talking recently, haven't we? How we've been in the lead and lost games. So to be behind twice and win a game, I can't remember when we last done that, where we've been behind twice and won a game in the Premier League. So really, really pleased. Yeah, and there was a moment, like you alluded to earlier, Kev, right in, in the stoppage time moment where, where Wilf was through on goal. It looked like he was through on goal and it yeah, was at least was. a yellow card challenge for me rather than he, was, he seemed to have hold of his arm. And the referee didn't give it and went to, only 10 seconds later, went to give uh, Villa a free kick just outside our box. And I did wonder, you know, has, would the ref have a lot to answer for if this goes in here, you know, in stoppage yeah. time? But, you know, luckily, luckily, Palace held out. And yeah, look, now we're, we're looking at, um, like you say, looking towards the last two games of the season with um, a lot of optimism. And, and who knows, you know, uh, we've seen that Roy can make a few changes. I, I suspect there'll be even more for, for, for Wednesday night. I suspect Potente Guaita will come back in between the sticks and it'll be interesting to see what happens up front. But would you drop Christian Benteke? He's, he's in form at the moment. He's winning me money every week. Um, well, for, if, if, can I take us back just a bit before we get to there, if I may, and then I'll come back and answer that. So first things first, I think if you go talk about the Villa thing where Wilf's clean through right at the end, um, I think it's Concer is the young man who's chasing him. If you look at his body language, as soon as he's brought Wilf down, he almost goes like that because he knows he's going to be sent off. I don't think he can believe that it then, you know, it goes up the other end and gets there. I think what was interesting in the commentary, they said, if they score off this, I wouldn't want to be the man who's got to interview Roy Hodgson, <laughs> which I thought was very funny, actually. Fair play. Yeah. Um, so, so in that bit, I thought that was funny, but thankfully they didn't get anything off it, which was good. I think in answer to your question, so first things first, personally, I wouldn't jack, drop Jack Buckland. I'd give him, I'd give him, I'd give him uh, Wednesday night. It is Wednesday night, isn't it? It's not mm. Tuesday. Yeah, they said Tuesday on the sky and it threw me right out. It's definitely Wednesday. Um, I'd give, I'd keep Jack, Jack Buckland in uh, and possibly being Vincey out. But, you know, why, why not give him a couple of games now, if, if possible? But, you know, Vincey knows he's our number one, but what a great um, situation with uh, to have Buckland there. And he looked hungry, which is great. So that's the first thing I would do. No, I wouldn't drop Christian. I wouldn't drop Man Christian. 
And, and, it, and, and if you're Roberto Martinez, the Belgian manager, you just got to hope Roy Hodgson is going to keep playing him because he's playing really well. He's working hard. You know, I, I, I soon as soon as did say he must be he must be due a new deal or his contract must be up. But let's be honest, we we valued the work rate of Christian for a long time. You know, um, he's got a goal today. Wilf, I'm assuming they're not going to take that goal off Wilf. That's given to Wilf, isn't so, it? Mate. Yeah. So what that takes Wilf to eleven, does it? So that's his best Maybe Premier League return. Christian, I think is at now eight or nine not or even nine. ten. Yeah. Nine. So all of a sudden, why would you drop him? You know, and Christian tends to play well when he plays up at Liverpool. I, I, I would just keep playing it through. You know, um, if I was Roy Hodgson, I, what, why would you not rule out trying to get another two wins and come up with your 50 points, which would be yeah. brilliant. You know, and you might, all our Palace fans might laugh at me and think he's been on the sauce. I've not, I'm only drinking tea. But why, why would you rule us out? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be frightened of Arsenal. And I certainly wouldn't be frightened of Liverpool uh, with, when they need to get something against us at the moment. Given that Tonks came on and got what twenty minutes or so, I, I, yeah. I'd imagine he might be with a shout to start alongside either Gary Hakehill or Czech Kote. There, it, it will be interesting. Now we've seen you know a good twenty minutes or so of Czech in midfield again. Whether that gives Roy another headache in terms of who to play there, because you imagine James McCarthy isn't one hundred percent fit, hence him being being subbed off. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. look. Not nice to have these problems, like Kevin. I mean, when we're going oh, into mate. these games, lovely. Yeah, if, if if you think of how we finished the end of last season, Luke, you know those last eight games. Let's be honest, we we beat Bournemouth, didn't we? After coming out of lockdown, when we were live on BBC, tuning up in twenty five minutes, looking like we were Brazil, thinking we were going to go on and finish in a European place. Uh, and then we lost seven of our next eight games, and it was only the last game we got a draw against Tottenham. What we've suddenly got now. Um, you know, and one game doesn't make your season, we know, but we've been a little bit stop start. And the reality of it is now, which is really pleasing, that we have now got two games where we, we've got real optimism going into these two games. I'm really quite excited about watching them, hoping I can get there to, uh, on Wednesday, subject to what's happening tomorrow with the things. And Palace fans, be aware there are some tickets we think still available, uh, which yeah. might go on general sale tomorrow. So, any of our pod listeners, if you want to go to Palace Wednesday, Keep an ear out because there might be some tickets available for Wednesday. What a great last week to the season. And if it is, if it is Roy's goodbye, let's send him out on a massive high because the man deserves it. And, and what I like, Luke, as you say, he showed that he could take the shackles were off today and they played. You know, I don't want every team to have to score a goal for Palace to start playing. But that's what we did today. We started playing once we conceded, didn't we? I, I'm, I appreciate we're doing this immediately after the game, so I've not had any of the, the post-match interviews yet. But it would be interesting to see if Roy alludes to anything in his yeah. post-match about the questions, which he inevitably get, um, because you do get a feeling that this is Palace's chance now. And, and as we peeled on social media, on the official account over the next couple of days to see what's announced in terms of you know, potentially giving Roy uh, that send off on on Wednesday night. Um, yeah, which hopefully, you know, especially after a Palace win, everyone will be um, will be really joyous and 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 yeah, give him the rapturous applause which, which he thoroughly deserves. Really, absolutely, 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 absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, brilliant, Kev. Enjoyed that pod as always. Love, love the optimism. Love always love speaking to you after a Palace win. Um, the last time. Me and you did this. It was after a Liverpool seven 0 defeat, wasn't it? Just me and you, yeah. I think. Uh, so yeah. uh, nice, nice to turn it around and get three points on the, on, on the board. We were lucky to get Neil that day, but we never gave up, right? And that's what—that's <laughs> the thing we learn as Palace fans, right? There's always tomorrow. 
and there's always optimism optimism in front of us. Glass is always our full, Mr. Tyrrell, right? Rose-tinted red and blue glasses, Kev. Rose-tinted red and blue glasses, mate. Rose-tinted. Rose-tinted. Remember, you can follow us on social media at Six Pointer Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be back with you uh, for post-match reaction to Wednesday's uh, game in front of six and a half thousand Palace fans at Get in. Park against Arsenal. But until then, Kev, up the Palace. Up the Palace. Up to Palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh-huh.